Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I want to spend some time talking about Chris Bryant and the Cubs. I listen to the score every morning on my way in. And a lot of times I'll be like, oh, you know, that's a, a really cool interview. If there's something from the interview, I like to bring it back. Now, it's guest week this week on the show. So I didn't really have time to do that. So I figured I would do some of it on the podcast today. And that's because Bernstein and McKnight had a conversation with Chris Bryant that I just thought was great. As you know, I I fall in the category of Chris Bryant fan. And I don't understand why there are so many people that don't want to be a fan of this guy. It, it boggles my mind, to tell you the truth. He seems to be everything that you would want in someone who's representing your team. But there were some things that he said Today, I'm only going to play a couple cuts. Things that he said in today's conversation with Dan and Connor that I thought were important for us to spend some time on. This first part that I want to get to has to do with his agent. Because if you look into comment sections on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, whenever it comes to Chris Bryant and the idea of Chris Bryant re-signing with the, the, the Cubs, or being a free agent, the name Scott Boris comes up all the time. And I think that people unfairly put on Bryant because he has a zealous agent that the agent doesn't work for him. Now, I can, t- I can speak to this a little bit on, a, on a, sm- a much smaller scale. I work in an industry where agents play a role in your future as well. I have an agent. I've had two agents and my first agent got me to a certain point in my career. And I was really happy that that person got me to that point in my career and opened a lot of doors for me. But for where I wanted my career to go next, I wasn't sure that the agent was going to be up to the job. So I moved on from the agent. I don't mean to say this indelicately because I didn't like the person because I actually really loved my first agent, but I fired my agent. Because I wasn't getting what I thought I needed going forward. I bring that up to tell you that the agent works for you. If you're ever in a position where you have an agent, the agent works for you. You don't work for the agent. No matter how powerful the agent is, the agent works for you. And Chris Bryant, I think, understands that. But people on the outside don't have a great grasp of it. They think that he's being led around by Scott Boris, where Boris is telling him to do this. And that's why I don't want him here, because I don't want a Boris client. And I know for the White Sox for a long time, there was that type of talk where, well, if this person is a Boris client, then we've got no chance and we shouldn't bring this person in because the the front office doesn't want to deal with Scott Boris. And I'll admit, when I was younger, I was all about, well, I want the team to do what they feel is best and most comfortable for them. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, look, if if the agent is difficult, it's because the client is expecting a lot of things, is expecting you to put together a good team, is expecting the best offer that they can get. And it's weird to me that in a in a climate where we are proponents of capitalism, we seem to only be proponents of it working for working out for the team and not the player. And we villainize the player and sometimes the player's agent. 
in this case, Scott Boris, because the player wants to be compensated what they think they're worth. When the boys sat down with Chris Bryant, I loved this. I loved him talking about his relationship with Scott Boris because I think that it's something that people needed to hear from Chris himself. I tell him, like, anytime you get a call from anybody, I want to be the first one to know, and he certainly is there to let me know. And I think you said it right. I'm I'm never going to be anybody's puppet. Like, I'm not going to live my life like that. Like, I make my own decisions. I'm a grown-up. Uh, I speak for myself. Um, there's no, you know, no one's going to tell me what decision to make besides me and my, my family, and that's the ones who really matter to me. But, you know, in terms of talking to Scott and stuff like that, during, especially during spring, I mean, I don't know, it's kind of, we don't talk too much during, because there's not much going on, you're just getting ready for the season, and, you know, it's kind of nice to limit distractions in terms of, you know, the other stuff that was going on out there, so it's just nice to get out here and just play baseball again, but, yeah, I think I, I made it very clear that, you know, Scott works for me, and, you know, we always end our conversations, he's like, he's like, all right, KB, just give me the guidance, you let me know, he's always said that, like, ever since I can remember, so it's like, no, he's not, he's not telling me what to do, but, you know, there's been nothing like in front of me for any decisions to be made. So I was like, I'm just out here playing baseball. Yeah, that's the way that it works. That the player can ask the agent for, I, that's the whole point. Like, that's the idea that they're there to help you out. They're not there to control your career. They're there to help you ideally guide it. I'm not saying that there aren't terrible agents. There are. But when it comes to Scott Boris, it's not it's not some master plan that he has. It's what the player wants and what's the way to most effectively get it. Was I the only one that while Chris Bryant was like, I'm, I'm not I'm not anyone's puppet, I was just sitting there going, Puppets! Do 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 will find their place in line. I was having a WWE moment. You know what? I should just instead of me singing it, I should just play it, right? Because it's the podcast. We can have a little fun. Courtesy of the WWE is exactly what I was thinking. No chance. So that's what you got. Up against a machine too strong. Pretty politicians buying souls for a song. Puppets. Won't find their place in line. But I am straight with your finger now, boy. Because it's, it's just a matter of time. All right, how fun was that? I just had to run it out here because it was just running through my mind. As soon as Dan said it and then KB said it, I was like, puppets will find their place in line. I hope you enjoyed going down that WWE rabbit hole with me. All right, back to the business of baseball and all the serious stuff. See, this is how my brain works. This is how it works. Welcome into my nightmare. The other thing that I thought was interesting was KB talking about the fine system, the the concept of kangaroo court. I haven't done a real etymology on kangaroo court. Let me uh, look that up real quick. Kangaroo court. I feel like I'm an old man. Here it is. This third entry if you start putting kangaroo. Kangaroo court, an unofficial court held by a group of people in order to try someone 
regarded, especially without good evidence, as guilty of a crime or misdemeanor. That's in the pejorative way, the negative way. Basically what it is 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 that they're going to find people who break what the team considers to be rules against the team. Not like legal stuff or running plays out hard, pimping a home run and it not being a home run, like that sort of thing is what I'm sure is showing up late to BP or stuff like that is what Chris Bryan is talking about. What I found interesting about it was his approach to it and why he feels like a kangaroo court matters. I had kangaroo court in college, but it wasn't like stuff you did on the field. It was like you did something stupid off the field and someone called you out for it. But uh, I mean, we could definitely use that here. But I just thought it would be like something like, I mean, everybody wants to t- talk about um, holding ourselves accountable. And we've, we've, we've gave you guys those answers the past two years, but we've never acted on it in terms of like, you know, we all we came out flat. And it's like this and that. We always would tell you guys these answers. And it was like, I, I just haven't seen anything the past two years significant enough to suggest that we've changed anything. So maybe maybe we do something like that. I love what he's saying there. We t- we hear, all of us, you the fan, us media, we hear players, coaches, front office people talk about the concept of accountability all the bleeping time. All the time. And yet, when it comes to, well, how are you holding people accountable? There's a, a silence that comes about. No one seems to know how to do that. I'm not saying that a kangaroo court is the way that guys are going to be held accountable, but I do think that it's interesting that in there you have Chris Bryant saying, yeah, we talked about accountability a whole bunch, but we haven't figured out a way to do it, and maybe this is a way that we can do the the whole idea of accountability. That scares me a little bit if I'm a Cub fan. It's also encouraging that KB is like, well, we're going to try to make changes. What I think is interesting in whether it's Chris Bryant's talk when he first got to spring training, what he's done in subsequent weeks, him taking being the leadoff hitter, and now this interview that he did with Bernstein and McKnight, I think that you're seeing someone who is growing into his leadership. And now we're, we're understanding what Chris Bryant's leadership looks like. And it looks like this. It's it's with a smile. It's with a chuckle. But that's a very serious guy who plays the game very seriously and wants other guys to do it too. Now, there's a danger in that. The danger is, are you the baseball police? Do you turn into James McCann? Not James McCann. Brian McCann and become the baseball police. But throughout this process of the spring, I think this has been the most interesting part of the spring as far as the Cubs go. We have seen a real glimpse into Chris Bryant's mind, and that's not something that we saw early on. I said I was only going to play two cuts. Let me play one more because it speaks to what I'm talking about. This is what Bryant told the boys about why you're seeing a different version of him. I don't think it was planned. I just think people say the stupidest things and stuff that's just unwarranted and there's no facts behind it. And just, you can, you can say anything nowadays. And like, 
people will believe you. I mean, it's like, that's the stupidest thing ever. Like, no, I'm, I mean, I'm here to kind of set the record straight and I'll answer questions and kind of, you know, there's times where I don't want to answer your guys's dumb questions too and I'll give you the the boring answer I mean more often than not I'm gonna do that because it gets me home and I can just continue on my life but you know there's certain times where it's like you know what no that's uh you know I've seen that out there and that's really you know making me mad so let's let's get this straight I think that's what he's doing I think this whole tour is about Chris Bryant trying to get everyone on the same page with what type of dude he is and what he's all about and I for one applaud it I truly do. Go listen to the entire interview, 670thescore.com. If you're listening to this podcast, you know where to find the Bernstein and McKnight podcast. It's good stuff, and I'm glad that Chris did some sharing. I'll talk to you on The Score at noon every day this week, Monday through Friday, and I'll hit you with another episode tomorrow. Thanks for listening.